Returning to the ever-evolving stage of the Dungeon Master Show in Hollywood, we bring you the third episode of The Wetting in New Orleans, here on Tales of the Extraordinary! For those just tuning in, our adventurers have found themselves engulfed, literally, in the Great Mississippi Flood of 1927. Way down yonder in New Orleans, famed explorer Little Dicky and his Kiwi companion Reason have discovered the resting place of an idol belonging to a mysterious cult within a half-flooded cemetery. Following close behind are the French Quarter Mafia, who seek to avenge their fallen leader by killing Dicky. Unbeknownst to them all, however, Dickie's old friend James Butler plans to cover up his own involvement in said mysterious cult by blowing a levee and submerging the entire cemetery beneath the cold water of the Mississippi. There is much more to tell, but wouldn't you much rather see, uh, hear what happens next? Huh? Huh? Then hold on to your raincoats! It's time to get wet! Madame Veronique Massé-Dubois. Marie, we are on official mafia business. Code names only. I'm sorry, Madame Diabolique. Hey, why don't I have a code name? What? Oh, well, Marie is your code name, honey. It is? You see, if people think your code name is Marie, then they will think your real name is something else. It is. You are so clever, Madame Diabolique. That is why I am the boss and you are my lieutenant. We have found him, Diabolique. That's Madame Diabolique. Uh-huh. He and the Australian, uh, by the Crips, just over yonder. I think he's from New Zealand. My cousin Lurlane worked with him on the crew this year. Murray! I- Thank you, Diabolique. As I was saying... They are talking to strange Italians in Rome. Richard Broughton is now consorting with our worst enemies. His depravity knows no bounds. Jean-Luc is waiting for your signal, Diabolique. We shall do what? We strike, of course. He will not be saved by fortune this time. You all have your pistols, Marie? Oui, madame. Then. On the count of trois. Everybody run! Did you hear something? Marie, shush. But I... Get to the boat! Diabolique, he ran right past us. I can see that. Shoot him. Wait for me! Ah! Out of my way, outsider! What the hell? Um, Madame Diabolique... Stop with the questions, girl. They're getting away. I know, madame, but does that look like water to you? What? We are surrounded by water, child. No, I mean that large shape in the distance. The large shape moving very fast towards us, you mean? Mon Dieu, no! The levee, it has been destroyed. Run! Run! It is too late, Diabolique. The water is here. Let me say then that it has been an honor working beside you. Thank you, madame. I wasn't talking to you, Marie. Oh. 
We take you now from the deadly deluge into the sunny land of Los Angeles, where super scientist Dr. Heinrich von Kliegel and Officer Mike Sullivan manipulate a large electronic device on the head of a certain chimpanzee. And essentially transmits these electrical impulses into the manimal, which marries them to common speech patterns. I'm sorry, what did you call it? The manimal. Mark II, actually. Short for Man to Animal Communicative Device. Uh huh. <laughs> I've lost you again, haven't I? Uh, so basically, it takes his thoughts and translates it into English. That's what I said, yes. Although, thoughts isn't quite accurate. Uh, humor me, Doc. Oh,、uh, okay, uh, here. Plug this wire into the speaker. All right. I use the voice of my friend Mason, who、uh, owns a pig farm in Amarillo, Texas. Did I ever tell you about Mason? We used to say he loved pigs more than people. He was kind enough to let me test the Manimal Mark One on his animals, but、uh, I don't think he liked what they had to say about him. Not surprisingly,、uh, pigs have very filthy minds, Officer Sullivan. <laughs> I think Gatsby would like to get on with it, Doc. You know, I'm surprised we even need to use the manimal, as you and young Mister Gatsby here understand each other so well as it is. Yeah, except he isn't real good at telling me names, and I want to know the name of that guy who put Moon in the hospital and tried to kill us. I can use some of my resources at the station to track him down. Perhaps we could charge him for my new door. Doc. Yes, yes, fine. I'm turning it on now. You may feel a little tickled, Mister Gatsby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he, I think he likes it. You bet I do. Holy Mary, Mother of God! What? What is it? Is that me? I sound like an Oscar Wilde sort, if you know what I mean. Gatsby? Oh,、uh, I should have mentioned that. Yes,、uh, Mason was what we called a three-letter man. Did did I mention he was from Texas? Doc,、okay. now, come on now, you two. Let's focus. Easy for you to say. I haven't had a martini in hours. How about some hooch, Sully, old pal? That's really creepy. Tell me about it. I sound better as a monkey. All right. Oh, oh all right. I, I promise I'll fix you a tall, stiff drink after this is over. But you have to tell me what I need to know, Gats. Got it? Yeah, yeah, I know. There's a lot you don't know about me. See, I had a life before you rescued me from that ring, pal.、Uh, what's that got to do with this palooka from New York? That palooka used to be my jailer. He and his sicko wife used to dress me and Daisy up and have tea parties. God, I hate tea. Tastes like rancid piss, you know. Gats. Fine, fine. His name is Frankie Tony. Okay. He kidnapped Randolph and I when we were in New York and made us do unspeakable things. Oh my! Like what? I said it was unspeakable. Okay. My apologies. Oh my God! I know it was terrible. No, no, it, it just hit me. Frankie Tatoni of the Tatoni crime family. Are you sure, Gatsby? I know that face anywhere. And that smell, like cheap moonshine garnished with Lindberger stuffed olives. Mmm. Now I'm getting thirsty. One second, Gatsby. Any ideas where we could find Tatoni? Have you tried the local brothel? Cute. All right, Gats. You earned yourself a drink. Let me unhook him from the manimal first. Booze and electronic mind-reading technology do not mix. Sure, Doc. Looks like I'm gonna have to do some actual detective work on this one. But if I can nab the Frankie Tatoni, well. 
I'll be set for one hell of a promotion. Uh, did somebody say my name? What the? Uh-oh. Oh, poo. Back now to the city of New Orleans, where the Contessa finds herself trapped in a closet. Hello? Bonjour? Is anyone out there? No. Ah, oh, merde. I've been kidnapped by imbeciles. We are not imbeciles, Cherie. We are the French Quarter Mafia. You are... Excuse me? You can't be serious. Deadly serious. Mafia isn't even French. Well, yes, but... What are you doing? Just picking words at random from romance languages? Be quiet, Cherie. You are our prisoner and... Why? Why? Uh, well... Because Madame Diablovic told us to keep you from warning your friends. Uh, Is she still here? No, not, I, I mean, uh, maybe. Stop it. I, I will not tell you anything. Look, monsieur, just open this door, would you? I'm very hungry and very tired of the dark. It bores me. I do not know. I, I have orders. Yes, uh, so you said, but she is long gone, and even if I were free, I couldn't possibly contact my friends in time. Wouldn't you agree? I... Yes, I suppose. And if you were truly French, you would be a gentleman and do as the pretty lady says. Well, uh, I guess it couldn't hurt. Uh, you're still tied up, no? Thank you. What is your name? Gerard. Thank you, Gerard. Now, tell me, what is this silly mafia you speak of? The French quarter mafia is made up of the elite, of course. The French. And we intend to keep the quarter just that. French. What do you mean? Surely you have seen them, Sherry. The Italians. We. Oui. They have invaded like cockroaches, occupying six or seven families to a single building. Littering the courtyard with old furniture and their farm animals. They flap their laundry over the balconies like lazy flags saluting us, mocking us. The rightful heirs to Frenchtown. That sounds absolutely dreadful, darling. Oui, it is. Madame Diablo, we gathered together those of us who wish to keep Frenchtown French, to clean the streets of these peasants and the diseased prostitutes that swarm the night streets. The French Quarter is home to the aristocracy, not low class. Diabolique. You mean Veronique Massé Dubois? Oui, it is her code name. They call me Fromage. Whatever for? Because I love cheese, of course. Why else? <laughs> I like you, Zerad. Sorry, Fromage. Tell me, what have you accomplished so far? Well, the, the mafia, well, we've had many meetings. More like dinners, really. That's it. We came up with many good ideas at these parties. I, 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 dinners. Uh, such as? Um... Uh, such as writing our congressman and uh, perhaps petitioning. Uh... Oh, fromage, you beautiful fool. Excusez-moi. This is not how you run a revolution, darling. You need scare tactics. Burn down the shop here, bribe a policeman there. This is New Orleans, madame. The police are not corrupt. <laughs> well, then we'll need to change that, won't we? What do you care for our plight? <laughs> Foolish boy, I'm a contessa. I was bred to fight for upper-class superiority all my life. Come, why don't you cut me loose, hmm? I, I do not think I should. Uh, madame would be very angry. The madame is out chasing down my friends, yeah? We. Oui? Instead of staying here and focusing on the mission... What do you mean? I mean that if she was serious about reclaiming your town from the peasants, she wouldn't be so easily distracted. But uh, Richard Broughton helped bring down our brother, Foucault, of the real French mafia. We looked up to them as heroes. Oh, you're worse than the Quebecois, darling. What do you mean? 
syncophatically wishing for the attention of the real French. And in fact, the French looked down on them like pathetic little children playing at being grown-ups. <laughs> Is that really what you want to be, fromage? Do you want to be like those sad little French Canadians? I could... But, no, I do not. Then forge your own destiny, darling. Cut me loose, and together we can focus on what's really important. Restoring this town to its rightful rulers. Yes, madame. Hold still. Ah, thank you. Those ropes were starting to irritate my supple skin. Now. Oh! What was that for? For tying up a lady. You have some things to learn about being rootless and still having proper etiquette at the same time. Come, I have much to teach you, children. Further downtown, in a grand old world office building, an emergency meeting of the Board of Liquidation of the City Debt is in full swing. Order! Order! You have some nerve calling for order after what you did, Butler. What I did? It was you, Marcel, who insisted we dynamite the levy. I believe you said it was the only way to guarantee the city's safety. Am I right? It's not the dynamiting that bothers me, but the reckless haste with which you did it. My plantation workers barely made it to the warehouse before it blew. If they'd washed away, I'd be billing you for the lost labor. I hear you, Walton. I do. And I assure you... It's bad enough we got them evacuating the state as this storm gets worse. Fleeing to the north again, never to come back. It's like reconstruction all over again. Calm down, everyone. Please! You know how hard it is to get good slaves nowadays? My pappy could go down and pick up half a dozen in the afternoon at auction. But now it's like a goddamn drought. Alton, please. They aren't slaves anymore. We've gone over this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The war is over. Lincoln freed the slaves. Just because the government says it don't mean I gotta listen to them. I pay them their lousy one dollar a day for their work. I can call them whatever I want. All right, this is going far off track. Like my original plan for the levy? Not you again, Marcel. What was so important that you could not wait a week while we made sure it was all clear? You've seen these rains over Good Friday weekend? How do I know when it was going to end, hmm? Alton's laborers... Slaves! Laborers aren't the only ones fleeing the city. You all know full well how many businesses have shuttered their doors just this past week alone. If we had waited another week, our investors would have pulled out too, and you know it. I'll tell you what I know. The water came barreling down the poetress like a bat out of hell. I saw a whole tree just disappear, then sucked up under by the current, then saw it shoot up. Must have been like a hundred yards downstream. Looked like a missile fired by a submarine, I'll tell you what. What's done is done, gentlemen. Arguing about it won't change what happened. So please, let's move on. Has there been any word from the feds? I spoke to my contacts at NBC. They said they had practically begged the president to broadcast an appeal for aid. And? He refused again. Ah, I tell you. Calvin Coolidge doesn't care about white people. Oh, dear Lord, not again. I'm telling you, he's a mulatto. I can prove it. This is not the time, Alton. 
If I may continue, I did, however, get a call from Herbert Hoover. The Commerce Secretary? What for? He told me he is setting up a special committee to handle the emergency, whether the president wants it or not. Well, that's good news. Hell yes. This Hoover fella sounds like a goddamn hero, if you ask me. Leave it to a banker to save this great nation. I'll tell you, Hoover should be president, not the... Alton! That's enough. I yield my time. I believe Byron has an update on the situation in the French Quarter. Byron, you have the floor. Thank you, Mr. Butler. As I was saying, that was a surprise. You really put us in some hot water, James. Pardon the pun. Are you sure it was worth it? Absolutely. Remember my old friend I told you about? That Dick fella? Dicky, yes. He found out about the organization. If we hadn't blown it when we did, our careers would be blown down river like Alton's damn tree. And are you positive it worked? Absolutely. By now, Dicky, the cult and that accursed idol have been washed clean off the face of the earth. Night falls on southern Louisiana as the rains continue to pummel the earth. Sticking out of that same earth is a dark, time-worn plantation mansion, which has just received some unexpected visitors. There, we can take shelter inside. Are you sure? It looks uh, haunted. Oh, stop it with your supernatural mumbo-jumbo, old man. I'm not one of your naive little followers. They were my family. Now you have been washed away by your friend. Trust me, Butler has been most assuredly unfriended. I still can't believe he betrayed me like that. You! He betrayed our family and our great Lord Buru. I'm sure it was he who stole the idol. When we find him, his sufferings shall be legendary. Well, unless we can get inside, we won't be making it through the night. Help me with the door, Mario. Push! Shoot him before he goes in, Jock. Hurry! I am trying, you shrill cockatoo, for my pistol is soaked. What do we do now? My dam is dead and we have no weapons. Calm yourself. It looks like we'll have to kill Broughton with our bare hands. For Madame Diabolique. We Viva Diabolique. Got it. Did you hear that? Like a voice. The dead still walk in these halls. All I heard was the cracking of the door frame, you superstitious nutter. Now let's get inside and out of this downpour before we become ghosts ourselves. Yes, of course. If it makes you feel better, though, you may have the honor of going first, my dear Maria. And so concludes episode three of The Wetening in New Orleans, in which we submerged part of New Orleans, the Contessa has taken over the French Quarter Mafia, and we have made a chimp talk like a drunken cabaret dancer. The show can only go up in the final chapter for more tales of the extraordinary! (laughs) 